Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Whoa. I'm jazzed. Oh, do you know why? Because you, know you had why a cinnamon jazzed? roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is a, this is the first episode that we've recorded of in our podcast. Many weeks oh. where I've had like a freshly made cinnamon roll. Fresh. Well, yesterday I made okay. them yesterday, well, but you know what I mean. Like, I didn't have to take it out of the freezer. Right. Come on, freezer cinnamon rolls. No. We talked about this. It's, they're just it's not, not the as same. great, but fresh. Whew. And Man. you feel oh, it's great, great, it's great. great. Oh, uh, it's great. Would, would recommend. Whoever made them did a great job. <laughs> uh, also, I, I found this when I was texting with my baking wife, Jen. Yes. And uh, we were talking about like there's a certain uh, place we always go for recipes, and her recipes are wonderful. I'm not gonna name them because I don't want to like offend anybody, but like they either take five minutes or five years of your life yeah. to make. Yeah. Uh, the recipe that I had for the cream cheese frosting that I made. Five for, years. Five years. Yeah. It literally took, You're no like, joke, four hours Just total. whip it up and it's like 12 ingredients. Yeah. One of no. them is like a barrel aged goat's milk. It also has like, to, you also have to like, Put this in for 45 minutes, bring it out, take it back, show it like a part of your house that it hasn't seen before so they can get acclimated to a different smell. It's like, what What? What am I, am I raising a small animal here? Like, what is this okay. going on? I thought I did pretty well with barrel aged goat's then milk. Did. And then you were like. I brought it to like. You were, own. you were honestly, your brain was upset about it. And yeah. you were like, I can top that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm also excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming off of the high of yesterday's email that I read to you out loud. The funny thing that someone you need to said. Tell, you need to tell everybody. So Katie, if you're listening, we actually have a couple of Katie's if you're listening, but this but, is. Wait, don't say the last name. Just no, 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 so I'm that not all Katie's yeah, all can Katie. believe. Okay, it's like, it, what? 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 Okay, it's me. What? Is What's it me, going Katie? On? Am I that thing? Am I that person you just showed to the corner of your house that's going to get acclimated? <laughs> um, all right, Katie sent us an email, and I wrote back. It was a very nice email. Also had a good couple questions, so I answered those questions. But the PS is yeah. what got me. So yeah. Katie, who wrote us the great PS, you're going to know. She brought up a reference. This is many podcasts ago. A I don't remember which episode. Great callback. But for some reason, we went on this tear where when you see a Dodge Ram pickup truck, it just makes us go, I don't dodge them. I ram them. And we do it every time. And we have <laughs> every to do time. it. We go on a we walk and it. we see one every day. Yep. And we just, sometimes you're not feeling it. Like we're having a bad day. You'd be like, I don't dodge them. I ram Yeah, them. you have to say it. But sometimes, sometimes you really, you like really you're go having for like it. a, I don't dodge them. <laughs> and you just gotta be serious about it so katie's ps like both of us laughed out loud last night and i haven't laughed out loud at someone sending us an email in quite a while so thank you katie uh if you're listening uh that well, you was didn't really... even you didn't even say what her ps said it was she was driving oh, down yeah, yeah. Sorry, down sorry. the road with her husband and she basically mentioned that she she didn't mention she said it no i know yeah. but she couldn't she mentioned in the email that she couldn't help but yes, say i don't doubt see, see just a, a specific car on the road and say I don't dodge them. Um, and her husband looked at her and was like, what are you, what, what, what's going on? And that just reminded us that, you know, there have been so many good little golden nuggets that are just for you cinnamon rollers. These are things that you would say and just with no context and people would have no idea what you are referring to. But for some to. reason, it'll stick with someone like a Katie who's yep. just like, yeah, every time I see a Dodge Ram truck, I now have to say that out loud. Yeah, and that's how our lives work as well. We just, if yeah. certain things become things and you don't know why. Absolutely. I actually, I haven't listened to a I Hate It But I Love It podcast. That's one of my favorite podcasts, by the way. 
I mentioned it many times as movie lovers. We love it. And they have so many of those. Like, yeah, they have, like little and I just And I, I get so much joy out of like the little throwaway jokes. And so we hear that from you guys and we really appreciate it as well. Yeah. So. Great, great preamble, babe. Good preamble. That was good. I think so. Pretty quick. Otherwise, let's just get into the episode. What do you think? All right, let's talk about it. So this is something that uh, I want to, my little intro to this, I'm Would sure you have some as well, is... We deal with this constantly. Mm -hmm. We have dealt with this constantly. Mm -hmm. And it is... Perfectionism. Oh, I thought we were going to say too full of a diaper. That's gross. Why would we say that? (laughs) Adult diapers? They're fine. Why make fun of them? It's just a thing that adult can wear. Like if you just want to have a day where you're not thinking about stuff. (laughs) I was just letting you go. I know you were. Just letting you go. Okay, perfectionism. So this is something that we have dealt with, we continue to deal with, and we see a lot of our Wandering Gameplay members run into this as well. I was literally just on a call today talking to someone who like they get overwhelmed because they want to do something right or they want to do something well and it holds them back from just getting it done. Absolutely. And I wrote down so many notes. I I don't even know know what direction to go in. But the thing that I didn't write down that I was thinking about right before we hit record was I think perfectionism because I'm, there's a part of me that's like, we talk about this all the time. And so, and then I'm like, no, I think actually where we are in the growth cycle of like the internet and online business, I think it's a very important conversation to come back around to about perfectionism because especially I think about an environment just like, let's just take Instagram for for example. I've heard of this. You've heard of it. It's a new app. It's a little camera on you your phone. You take a photo and you put it on the line. You put it on the line and then you add a filter that like. It's called Instaphoto. What's the, the whole thing, the bit in the internship where Vince Vaughn is like, it's like you take a photo and then you just like, you put you, then you put it on the line and it's what just called call like it? ins yeah it's like something oh, like dang it. photo moment or something they're like all right i have to ins- look it up while you talk because this will like, drive me insane that's if I instagram don't look it up. Yeah. you just came up with instagram you just came up with instagram. but i was thinking about this if you just take instagram for an example you know we're at the the place in the maturity of that app where back in the wild west we all just uploaded like photos of our food with like weird vignettes and like the the lo-fi filter yeah, and whatever. Yeah. What was the the one that was like the H word? There's like an, one that starts oh, with an H. Exchangeogram Pefe? was the was exchange. I mean, you just exchange it. You just exchange it on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Internship <laughs> underrated. Oh gosh, movie. yeah. Um, but these days you go on and everyone has like a full-time designer doing their slides. Right. And everyone has like a video, like basically a videographer. A lot of people have these videographers that do these like intense and you've got somebody who does the captions and you've got somebody who does the perfect cover photos and you've got somebody who does full photo shoots and, and edits them in Lightroom and has a preset and all this stuff. Right. If you, in that environment, I feel like if you're someone who's starting out trying to build a business it's so easy to get caught up in, well, to do it well, I have to do X, Y, and Z, all these things. Yeah. And you convince yourself, I need it to be this or I need it to be that. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. And the thing that we don't talk about enough is that all of those people didn't just like come up with that skill set out of nowhere, right? Like they, everyone has to start somewhere. But it's such an important reminder as you're looking around and you're comparing yourself to other people is that you don't have to be that perfect or you don't have to rise to that level of quality in order to get started. Yeah. There's such an interesting sub discussion here about quality of content Mm -hmm. and about when, when truly does quality of content actually matter? Because 
Listen, if we just stick on Instagram for a moment, I, I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I think it's something that is very pervasive. We all use it. We're all spending time on it, the majority of us. Even those of us like me who like, I spend like three minutes on it a day at most. Mm-hmm. And just to let you know, it's when I'm going to the bathroom and I'm not wearing my adult diapers. This episode brought to you by adult diapers. Pamper yourself with adult pampers. Just kidding. We're uh, not going to come back to the adult diapers combo because uh, let's, let's head into the curiosity corner for okay. just a second. Yeah. As you're saying this, I'm thinking there are probably very real situations and people out there when who, you need them yeah who yeah, are in yeah. a situation where they have to wear adult diapers sure and we don't want to make fun of those people because there's no reason to give that person to I make fun you. of that or make them the boat of the joke. yeah I hear all right we're out of the curiosity corner we're not gonna do the adult di- diaper joke anymore and we learned something today do we have to give that sponsor money back that doesn't exist? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I don't want to harp on the Instagram thing too much, but yeah. I wanted to just bring it up because I, I do think it's a very interesting discussion of, we, we all know this, the higher quality the image that you share, the more interaction it's going to get, whether yeah. that image is posed, whether it's, you know, taken by a good camera. Ver- like, it's it just like it, the nature of the beast. Like, if I take a photo of your office, your fart studio here <laughs> with an older iPhone versus a newer iPhone, the newer iPhone photo is going to get more engagement. It's just more aesthetically pleasing to it the It absolutely eye. is. So I think there is, there actually is a part of this where you do have to commit to a certain level of quality. Yeah. But, and this is the large caveat, caveat which is... But you have to understand that if that quality slows you down from being consistent and feeling good about what you're posting and sharing, then it's not worth it. It goes too far. It's like we posted this little graphic on our Instagram a long time ago, and I think it was a helpful visual for people. But if you imagine a horizontal line and that line measures the level of quality, you have at the beginning of that line, the left side, it's like that's low quality. And so you have to reach this certain point where it's above low quality, where you like reach a certain level of quality, right? right. But if you go too far to the right side of the line, you're almost pushing past the point where quality, there's, it's a it, what diminishing returns. Law of diminishing returns. The law yeah. of diminishing returns where you're spending so much time in tweaking the quality and you're becoming a per- perfectionist. That's where perfectionism lives. Yeah. And so there's like this good enough zone where you have to decide what that standard is for you. And I just think it takes tremendous self-awareness for every single person. Yeah. And you have to constantly ask yourself like, okay, can I put a little bit more thought and intention into what I'm doing to make it, to raise the bar quite a, you know, like a little bit. And then can I prevent myself from going too far to where I convince myself that it has to be perfect in order to ever put it out into the world? Yeah. And every single person has to decide what that zone of good enough is for them. And yeah. that's the way to beat perfectionism. Yeah. I think the other thing in there is a constraint. So it's yeah. like, I only have X amount of time to work on this post or this story or this reel or whatever, if we're staying in the Instagram context. And that's when you know, okay, I can only make it this good because this is the amount of time that I had. So for me, that always comes back to like video editing. Yeah, I could spend 20 hours editing a video, but you look at some of our videos and you're like, I mean, that could have been better. Like, absolutely, it could have been better. I know it could have been better. I know the things I could have done to make it funnier or, or more well edited, but I gave myself a time parameter and I said that was enough. Yeah. And I know that it could have been to a whole other level, but for what? Yeah. You, you know, for an extra couple hundred views. I mean, I just, it's not worth the time. Yeah. And for me, constraints kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying, which is completion. And so we talk about this in our mindset coaching session, which there's also an article if you're interested in, we, we talk about kind of, I think 12 or 13 toxic, toxic mindsets and yeah. how we combat them. And so our quote unquote antidote for 
um, perfectionism is completion and constraints. And so it's the idea that instead of being a a perfectionist, you want to be a completionist. And it just means shifting the goal from creating something that has no flaws to creating something and putting it out into the world. And that is the goal, getting it done, getting it shared. And so that, that kind of segues into, I think a really important part of my next question is like, okay, well, if you're a person who has struggled with perfection in the past, like how do you practice getting over that? And for me, it's consistency and quantity. It's like actually just creating like a large body of work. And the reason why that's so important is because of that completion element because every time you complete a piece you're adding to this body of work so that the pressure isn't on any one thing to be perfect because you just know that you're going to be able to have a do-over you know what I mean like the next one and then the next one and you just get better and better um but you won't ever get to that place where you can have a quantity of you know a body of work if you don't first just say I'm going to get comfortable with the discomfort of creating something that I know is imperfect. Yeah. And uh, this, this is such an important part, uh, like mental shift for all aspects of business, which is this completionist mindset of like, okay, I want to start sending a consistent email newsletter. I have to write the perfect newsletter. No, you don't. You need to show up consistently. And yeah. every week you will get better at writing. And if you're not a writer, that's okay. You're going to get like, I'm not a writer, but writing a newsletter is one of my favorite things that I do because now over the course of seven years or whatever I've been doing it, I have my own writing voice. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the most noticeable, it's not the most eloquent, but it's me. And I know that it comes across me, but I only got there because I published a lot of shitty newsletters mm-hmm. with just the mindset of like, I know I will get better and I will find out what people resonate with. And I think that's the other thing, you know, let's just take like, you're hosting your first paid live workshop or webinar or whatever. So many people, us included in the past, you put so much pressure on this first one to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Guess what? No one's first anything is ever perfect. Absolutely. And what happens is is then you judge yourself based on this non-perfect first thing, and then you write that whole thing off. So you could just replace live workshop or webinar with anything, your first course, your first article, your first email newsletter, because it doesn't feel quote unquote perfect, which by the way, nothing will ever feel perfect, just spoiler alert. Then you, then you don't do that thing again. Yep. When you actually probably had some positive traction, when you actually had a thing that maybe you liked doing or that you learned from or that people got some value from, and now you need to repeat that and you need to figure out, okay, I need to do more of that. Yeah. And I think this completionist mindset, we, we had a funny little moment in our coaching session a couple months ago where I just had everybody that was there. You know, there were like 70 people live while we were recording. I was like, I want everyone in the chat right now to just write, I am a completionist. Yep. And we had all these people write all this stuff. And it's funny because it's stuck with a couple of our waymers. Yeah. Like they have in other messages months later said, I feel really good because I am a completionist. I'm yep. publishing articles. I'm publishing emails. I'm getting my course done. I'm getting my client work done. Whatever it is, I have changed my mindset. And yep. that little mental shift, while it seems so silly just to replace a word in the way that you think. It's not silly. It's, it's an important thing. It's a shift in identity. And I think James Clear talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits. But it is so powerful. One of the most powerful markers of changing your behavior is changing your own perception of your identity. So if you think to yourself, I'm a perfectionist, you're going to continue to repeat that behavior as opposed to trying to shift that identity to I'm a completionist. I am someone who completes things. And so 
constantly in the back of your subconscious, you're going to be thinking, what would someone who completes things do? Well, they would sit down and they would get this done. They would plan out my next newsletter so that I could make sure I could send it on time. You know, like really, if you can focus on one thing, shifting that identity from perfectionist to completionist will help you so immensely. And before I forget, keyword discomfort. But the point that I was going to make on that whole idea about being a completionist is for so many people listening to this right now, I know this for a fact. They're thinking, I don't know how to improve things. I don't know how to finally get my business like to a place where it's working. I feel like I've been at this for so long. I'm telling you, for so many of you, the unlock is consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that's boring, but you just haven't made that final decision and commitment to keep those promises to yourself. Yeah. And to say, I am I'm going to show up for one thing in my business consistently and it's going to be a non-negotiable. Yeah. For us for so many years it was our newsletter. And that literally was the backbone of our business for so long and now continues to be. And I just, I I wish that for so many of you that struggle with perfectionism is just to really shift that mindset into one of being a completionist and to say, what is my one thing that I can be consistent in that can be my non-negotiable and give it six months and see what happens. See if you're not in a better place. Yeah. It's such a hard thing for just the human brain, you know, and, and this is no criticism of anybody. I think it's just humanity in general. We're so bad at understanding the future outcomes based on our present actions. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I just showed up consistently in someone's email inbox, in their Instagram feed, all these different places, in six months, if they saw that and I was delivering value to them, there is no chance that that person is not going to trust you more. Yeah. But here's here's what's not going to work, is you showing up sporadically, haphazardly, most of the time probably just selling because you're in like a frantic place where you need to make money Mm -hmm. and we've been there, we know what that's like. And all that person sees from you are those messages. It is not building trust. Mm -hmm. It is not seeing you as someone that they get value from. It's seeing you as someone who either feels desperate or just feels like they're always selling. Yeah. And and that stuff, if you can just shift your mindset to think, okay, right now I am planting the seeds. I am sending the email every week and it's not perfect. And I'm figuring out what's a way that I can write an email. Like, I think that's the other thing for email newsletters. We, we talk about this probably now every, every episode, because it is just, we'll the just most, keep talking about it. It's just the most important thing we, we do for our businesses because we control it. We control the messaging. We get to have communication, but we write our newsletters in a way that feels doable to us. We don't compare it to a James clear. Yep. We don't compare it to a, Give me someone who's writing you really like, because I don't follow any newsletters from writing that I really like. Glennon Doyle. Like, sure. you know, like uh, Dense Discovery is an email newsletter mm-hmm. I really love, but it's like a curated newsletter with all this stuff that we don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. What we have time for is sharing our experience and our thoughts. And so that works really well for us. So mm-hmm. I think my, my point to piggyback on the back of your point is just to give yourself the chance for the next six months to be consistent in whatever content platform you're looking to. And then in six months, look back and go, what did that do for me? That the previous six months when I was not consistent, what did it do? How did it, what were the results? Yeah. And this is something now that we've learned that consistency really is the key. Something that really helps me when I get in that perfectionist mindset and the way that it kind of shows up for me lately is like over planning, like needing to sit down and have the perfect plan for like the launch or needing to sit down and have 
the perfect Instagram feed if we come back to social. You know what I mean? Like that stuff, yeah. like overthinking it yeah. basically. And if you're someone who your your perfectionistic tendencies show up in the beginning of the process, in the planning part of the process, something that I always that always helps me is reminding me that every moment I spend over planning is a moment that I'm stealing from the doing of the thing. Yeah. It's a moment that I'm wasting essentially even though I don't feel it doesn't feel like it's wasted, but if I'm being honest with myself, it is because I know that the more powerful thing is the doing. Yeah. It's not the planning. As much as I want to believe that the power is in the planning, no, you can yeah. have the perfect plan. And if you never execute, it means nothing. Yeah. But if you execute and you didn't have the perfect plan, it gets you somewhere. Yeah. And so like, if you compare apples to apples there, you can just see that it's the execution. It's the doing of the thing. Yeah. So whenever I go into over planning perfection mode, I just go, you know what? My time is very valuable and it's very limited. And every moment that I spend planning is a moment I'm stealing from being one step closer to having this thing actually done. Exactly. And that helps me. And we come back to that phrase that's been well worn into the ground, which is just done is better than perfect. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Because over and over again, we have, I think those of you who've listened to this podcast for a while, or you've known us for a couple of years, you look to us as people who get a lot of things done. And I think that that's a very clear thing. We, we randomly did a, uh, a question at some point where there's a survey or email and we asked people like, you know, what, what's something that you think about when you think of us? And the thing that came up a ton, which was you guys get a lot of stuff done, but no one said you guys get a lot of stuff done perfectly. Right. Because no one's ever going to say that. No right. one, no one ever does that. Like I can think of a handful of people that I look to who create content that I'm like, wow, that's a pretty perfect video. Yeah. You know, like Flawless. you could do a better job. Yeah. But guess how long they've been doing it? Exactly. 15, 20 years. Like yep. they've been in this industry. They've been doing this thing. Like no one is. And I can guarantee you that their goal is not to be perfect. Their goal is to do the thing. They just have gotten so good at it that it looks perfect to me. Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing to think about is whenever you're looking to anybody else who's doing this perfect stuff, you said this earlier on, but it's, it's you're comparing your starting line to their finish line. And so don't do that anymore. Instead, define what could be good enough for you and then move forward. Um, I don't want to forget your keyword was discomfort. Yeah. So this is another thing that was really like an unlock for me around perfectionism. And it's this idea of focusing on expanding your capacity for discomfort in sitting with your imperfections. So I'll repeat that because it's a lot of words. But expanding your capacity for discomfort in sitting with your imperfections. And so what that means is if you are someone who struggles with perfectionism, when you put something out into the world that you view as imperfect or flawed because you gave yourself a constraint and you said, I'm going to hit publish, even though I know X, Y, and Z could be better, but I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. That's uncomfortable because you're scared. You're afraid people are going to judge you. What if it has typos? God forbid. What if someone thinks it's not as good? You know, what if I get judged for all these things? That's uncomfortable. You're sitting with your imperfections. You're sitting with the flaws of whatever that thing might have. And that discomfort is what prevents you or prevents so many of us from ever hitting publish in the first place. However, if you can focus on being aware of that discomfort and expanding your capacity for just sitting with that and saying, I'm going to do this anyway, even though it's uncomfortable to me, even though I'm afraid of being judged, focusing on that, I think will help you get through to that point where you can hit publish. And then as we said, the more consistent you are, the more repetition you have of sitting with that discomfort, the less uncomfortable it becomes. Yeah. So like back in the early days of starting my business, I'm just going to use the example of typos because like, yeah, 
you know, it's something everyone can relate to as like a flaw I mean, or I something. Can't, I can't. You can't. You're perfect. Right. Yeah. You have perfect grammar. Yeah. But, you know, I, oh, do you remember my, I sold like one of my first art prints that I ever sold. Oh, I was like yeah. really putting yeah. myself out on a, a limb here <laughs> of, I did this canvas piece and it was this hand lettered thing. And then I decided I was going to sell prints of it. And I was so nervous because I was just like, oh my God, this is my first thing of trying to sell something. I put it up for sale. Little did I know someone pointed out that a word, like I had these things fully printed, you guys, yeah, yeah. a word had been misspelled. Yeah. And I, the, the discomfort that I felt <laughs> in that moment, I cannot describe to you of being like, oh shit. This isn't like you spelled. There were like 10 this words isn't like, on the thing. This isn't like you accidentally typed a caption that said shit the curtains instead of shut the curtains, which I did do on our Iceland trip. And great. everyone, and the time tra- change was crazy. So I woke up the next morning with a million comments of yeah. shit the curtains. You sh- who shit the curtains? <laughs> I meant shut the curtains. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was it was a fully printed thing that someone had purchased, which yeah. was the other funny part is that someone actually purchased it. Um, but the thing is like, Early on in my journey, that that would have that was just that would have knocked me out for a day. Well, it probably did. I mean, it did. I can't remember it, yeah. But now I have created so many things that I understand that I'm just an imperfect person. I'm just a human being that doesn't make. I'm not afraid of somebody seeing me in my ability to misspell the word amends. Yeah. It's tricky. Is yeah. there one M? Are there two M's? I don't know the answer to this day. Okay? I don't know. Yeah. And so that's that's the point I wanted to bring up is like being able to sit with that imperfection, being able to love yourself in that imperfection, being able to recognize that you are not a you know, less valuable person if your work has flaws or ways that it could be better because that's all of our work. Yeah. There is nothing, there is no such thing as perfection. Yeah. And the part of this that I think about is like my first course that I ever made, I didn't know what I was doing. I just did the best that I could. And there were people that told me like, Hey, these videos are too long or, Hey, I had these questions. And I remember it, 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 it affected me. Like yeah. I remember it made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel like I did a bad job you know, all these different things. Like they wanted their money back. No one actually did want their money back, but it just made me feel all these ways that were negative. And what I've learned over the years, because I think you're just going to feel that way no matter what in the beginning, no one can tell you anything that's going to change that you're mm-hmm. going to feel that way. So just accept that, know that you, you are not alone. But what happens is over time, you start to learn those are just opportunities to make something better Mm -hmm. that you did your best with the time that you had to create it. And those are opportunities for you to improve. And the place where we have gotten to, which is now 10 plus years doing this is we're pretty good at planning everything out, making everything, thinking about all the nooks and crannies that we have to fill to like make a thing valuable to people. And we don't get a lot of like, Hey, I wish this would have had that because we've just learned through making so many things. However, for those of you who are on maybe your first or second or third thing you're creating, change the mindset to, I'm going to get everything I can done. And then I'm going to listen to what people mm-hmm. didn't get out of this. That I can now add. Yeah. And that becomes an opportunity for you to change the frame from, oh, I feel bad that I didn't include this. Like uh, I did a bad job to, oh, now here's an opportunity for me to deliver more yeah. to the customers that bought this and future customers and say, hey, here's this extra bonus lesson on this thing that a, a couple people asked me about, which was a really good thing for me to add in. Yep. It's the constant thing of shifting from lacking to abundance. I always yeah. think about this. Not not what did this thing not have that means that I somehow am lacking as a person, but shifting it to this thing was already great and now I can give more. I can give from a place of abundance and not from this fear of scarcity or of lacking. 
Um, yeah, I think that's that's a really good point and it's something that you taught me early on when I was creating my first online courses that really stuck with me and helped me just get things out the door. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I wanted to bring up that I wrote down that maybe I don't know if you'll be able to relate to this, but it's kind of perfection as it relates to being a people pleaser and being a, a person. And I think there's a lot of people out there who struggle with presenting a perfect view to the world of I've got it all together I'm not a messy person I I, I'm on top of it I'm in control um and I just want to say like I, I lived I think the first half of my life trying to be that like trying to be as perfect as I could trying to achieve as much as I could trying to match the vision of what other people wanted out of me rather than just being the messy human person that I am and the thing that I have to, to remind people about is just that that is exhausting. That is a life that will burn you out trying to pers- – because it's a facade. It's fake. I The metaphor that came to my brain was like imagine if someone told you you have to speak with a British accent for the rest of your life. Righto. Cheerio. Pip, pip. Here we go. <laughs> it's fun for – 12 seconds. 12 seconds, <laughs> maybe a minute. Fun for me, not for anybody listening. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. definitely not fun yeah. for anyone, but like for you. It's yeah. like you could do it for 15 seconds. Yeah. You could even do it for a minute. Maybe even if you were really stretching it, you could do it for a night yeah. where you just only talk in a British yeah. accent. If someone said you could only talk in a British accent for the rest of your life, Oof. you would be exhausted. And yeah. it's because it's not you. It's fake. It's It would be put on. It would be inauthentic. And that's what I think about when I think about trying to be perfect. It is a show that you're trying to put on for the world. And it might get you some some things that feel positive in the moment. It might make, pe- make people like you. It might make your parents say that they're proud of you. But it's not real. And the moment that you allow yourself to, like I said, going back to sitting with the discomfort of your imperfections, sitting with that feeling of, oh God, what if people reject me because they're seeing the real me? They're seeing the messy me, the the emotional me, the vulnerable, whatever those negative things are that you think are your flaws. The positive spin on that is A, you don't have to be exhausted because you're just effortlessly being the natural version of you. And B, the people who stick around and show up for that are the people who love the real you. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's no better feeling in the world than being accepted for who you actually are, not who you think the world wants you to be. Totally. And and this definitely is one of those things where I think in our relationship, we we are very opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, I don't care to please anybody in my personal life. Yeah. And you care to please everybody in your personal life. Yeah. And my whole thought just forever is just like, if you don't accept me for who I am, I like, I, that's fine. Like I'll just move, like I'll live by myself in a bunker somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'll, I'll be fine. Because you won't bend yourself to anyone else's will. I, I certainly won't bend it like Beckham. I've never seen you bend it like Beckham. And I won't, you know, (laughs) David, you hear me? I will not. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do think that there's just something very interesting that has happened over our relationship where I've, I've been so far to the other side of that spectrum to just try and get you to, see all the things you already knew about yourself that were great. And like, I'm not the one who's done these things. You've done these things yourself, but just the fact that you've kind of like come around to this, but I think it's something you're going to deal with your entire life, right? Like it's just, it's always like a thing I'm going to have to sort of work intentionally against. Yeah. And where I was going to kind of like cross this over where I can relate is, you know, for me, I remember in the beginning of Wandering Aimfully and we were first selling Wandering Aimfully. I mean, I felt a lot of self doubt about like, what were we selling? Cause we didn't even know what we were selling. And so 
you know, I, I felt those fraudy feelings of just like, well, who are we? Like, we don't have like a program. We don't have a system. We're just like throwing people to the wolves of our content and like, good luck, everybody. And I did feel a lot like we weren't pleasing people and we weren't making them happy, but we actually were. And, and there were certainly people that we didn't take good enough care of or that they didn't get enough value out of it and they canceled. And that made me feel not good and yeah. felt like I let them down. But now, and this is where I think it's helpful, just like in your personal journey with how you handle relationships and things. Now we have spent almost three years honing yeah. this community, honing this uh, messaging, the products that are in it, the onboarding roadmap that we have. Like we have all of these things that now I know that if someone just goes through them, they will get value out of it. Totally. And the irony is like, we never would have arrived at this version of Wayme had we not gone through the version of Wayme that we that, that didn't please everyone, that wasn't yeah. perfect, right? Like that's the thing about perfection is that it's it's stealing from you the opportunity to actually get to the place where you want to go because it's going to stop you from ever starting in the first place. Yeah. And a, a weird like aside that this makes me think of is especially because this is where perfectionism has shown up for me in like the past year and it's through our like sort of anti-racism work and it's because I like I find myself wanting to say the perfect thing right or wanting to show up <clears throat> you know in the way of like a perfect how would a perfect ally act in this situation or what would they say or how would they contribute to the cause like all these things and I found that well first of all let me just state an important thing to note there is like anti-racism is is not personal growth work, right? right? Like it is not about me and me showing up well. It is about the ultimate goal of what I'm trying to do to forward equality for black people. Right. But I have found that <clears throat> I have all these things in my head about what it looks like to show up perfectly. And the thing you have to realize is that if I'm so in my head about how to say the perfect thing, I'll never say anything. Right. And I'll never give myself the opportunity to expand that zone of discomfort, like I was saying, so that, and we talk about this a lot about having conversations like this on the podcast, you know, we're, we're trying to do it more, we're easing into it because of what we're talking about, which is that if you grew up where these conversations were not had out loud very often, it feels uncomfortable because yeah. you're afraid of what to say or, or how to say it. But the only way you ever learn is by showing up imperfectly and doing it to the best of your ability with the resources that you have, you know, read and, and the time that you have spent doing the work by yourself, knowing that you will not get it right. Yeah. But the only way that you'll get better at being a positive force for change is by showing up and doing your best and then, you know, allowing change and being yeah. open to feedback and all that stuff. So, so it's interesting, <clears throat> this idea of perfectionism kind of comes up in all of these new areas of my life that I'm trying to cultivate yeah. and I have to be aware of it. And then I have to remind myself that the only way to deal with it is to push forward anyway and yeah. to expand that zone of discomfort. Yeah. And, and that's where we're again, very different, right? Because we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I think we were on a walk is I have just never thought about I need to do anti-racism work perfectly. Exactly. All I've ever thought about is just like, oh, I have a lot to unlearn. I have a lot to learn. I have a lot that I need to improve on. But guess what? Like, I'm just me and I'm going to do it at my pace that I can best do it. And I've committed to this as now a lifelong journey. And I certainly hope it doesn't take my whole life. Like, I hope it takes like a couple years and then we figure all this stuff out. Do I think that's realistic? Probably not. That's a very optimistic view. But it's one of those things where I, I know that there's no way I would make 
probably the loudest voices in anti-racism work happy with the amount of work that I'm doing. But guess what? I'm not trying to please them. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to make them happy. I'm just trying to be a better person to my fellow people. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is how I kind of reconcile too. Like, you know, this past month was Black History Month. Could could all of us, everybody listening to this, us included, have done more to learn more? A hundred percent. But also if you push yourself so far, then you get to this place where it's just constant guilt. Like you're just constantly feeling guilty like you're not doing enough. Instead of just like anything else we're talking about with perfectionism, which is... I'm, I'm doing enough, you know, and I could be doing more, but well, I'm right, also... Because anti-racism is one of those things where it's it will never be enough, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, and so if you... Again, like, yeah. No, I, but that, I get... That's yeah. what you're saying is like the... That's the paradox. Right. Is in a realm where it will never be enough right. because the pain runs so deep and the problem runs so vast and we have so far to go in a world where it could never be enough until we're all equal... You could very easily say, I will do nothing because it'll never be enough. Right. Or you could say, I will decide, I have to decide what this looks like in a sustainable way. And that's going to be my good enough. You know, it's like, it won't be good enough. And then it has to be good enough. And yeah. it's this weird paradox where it has to exist that way. At least that's the way we think about it. If if you see it differently, please feel free to reach out and share with us a different perspective. But that is the way that going back to the perfectionism thing, that is a way that that I have been able to not let perfectionism get in the way of doing this very important unlearning and learning work and to, to move forward. Because it's like to your Black History Month example, absolutely, just like you're saying, if you, if you thought to yourself like, what is the perfect way to like create a curriculum for myself and to do this and then you might never, you might actually put so much pressure on yourself that you don't even do anything. Yeah. And it's like that, that doesn't help anybody. Exactly. Like you have to get in there and do what you can and, and take the time and carve out the time to learn what you can because you know, it's important. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's the bigger picture of perfectionism in general. Yeah. And I think this is a, it's a good real time example of, we have not recorded a specific episode on this podcast about anti-racism because of perfectionism. Yeah. That is literally what is holding us back. Yeah. It's we're afraid that we're not going to do enough in that episode to show that we're doing the work or that we're showing up. But to whom? You right. Know and what it's I mean? not about that. And we just have to constantly remember that. Exactly. And you can't let that fear hold you back from doing something. Yeah. Especially with something as important as that work. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's definitely going to be in our radar here in the next couple of weeks or months. And I, and I think less important to us is the one episode, like this is another example of perfectionism in action. Like the one episode that we record about anti-racism is less important than every episode challenging some type of convention or idea or whatever that comes up naturally where we're then having that conversation, that real conversation. And I think that that to me is where we're doing a better job as people who are creating content to have that be just natural throughout the conversation. Yeah. And that that goes back to my very first original point of bringing this all up, which is that the more we allow those thoughts to be verbalized, like not just think it and not just in my head go, oh yeah, perfectionism reminds me of like how I've had to deal with that through anti-racism and then to keep it inside because I'm afraid of broaching the subject. 
more important is that I allow that to be verbalized. I show up, we we show up with that conversation so that it can be more normalized and we all can get a lot more comfortable with having imperfect conversations because nothing will change if yeah. we don't have imperfect conversations. And by we, I mean specifically white people. Totally, yeah. And I, I do think I do think it, in some respects, it wraps back into business of just this idea of like repetition, consistency, having this conversation, these types of conversations more often, same thing with your business. Like you've got to be doing more things consistently Mm -hmm. to not feel the pressure of then doing that thing. Of the every, yeah, the one thing. Exactly. So I feel like this is a good place to wrap that up. Did you have any other bullets? That was it. All right. Those are my bullets. All right. That was our episode on perfectionism. Now let's talk about movies. Which movies are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the two movies we just watched this past weekend. Do you remember what they were? (sighs) Give me a second. You got to remember the first one. That's like, that's like top tier movie for you. It's like just like a perfect movie for you, basically. Oh my gosh, Outbreak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We. I do want to say if this is triggering because it it was a little bit. Like, well, if the movie, we're like we're not going to talk in detail about. The no, movie, but I'm so. just saying like it was. It's a li- like there was a point where I'm like this is kind of weird that we're watching an Outbreak movie during. I mean, we watched Contagion. I know. Too, what is like, that about our? What is? Well, that? that's just humans in general. Like we just were gluttons for punishment. I don't know what yeah. it is. I think it's like somehow like. Like by immersing yourself in that, you're like somehow controlling it or something. I don't know. When the World Cup comes up, you know Bennett like Beckham is going to shoot to the top of the charts. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, we watched Outbreak. Yeah. And Dennis also- Hoffman, Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, Renee Russo. Renee Russo. It's a great cast. Oh, and Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba How Gooding can we Jr. Forget? was fantastic. He's fantastic Unfortunately, in that movie. Kevin Spacey's in the movie, but... We'll just spoiler he dies so it's good oh, you know what i mean Jason. in the movie in the movie Jason. i said in the movie i said in the movie <laughs> in the movie the nsa heard me remember in the movie <laughs> remember we talked about how you don't care about pleasing people and yeah, i care yeah, about yeah, pleasing yeah. all the yeah, people that's a good example that's a right good there. example yeah. okay i <laughs> remember really liking this movie which yeah. is weird because it came out when i was like probably too young to see Seven it it's like old. a little bit scary yeah. um and upon rewatching, it is a well done movie it's to me it, it's very similar we talked about this a couple episodes of contact it's a very similar feel to the movie really yeah there's I like don't... there's like a couple different like storylines contact is more like contact should have been a mini series to me contact is like a little bit drawn out plot wise there's like too many sections that yeah. feel kind of disparate from each other like oh we're, we're at the station down in costa rica like oh now we're in washington yeah. oh now we're doing it like it's just too much Although very good, still yeah. enjoyed it yeah. immensely. However, Outbreak is just this nice little like we we go we go so many places, but, know, in, but in the in the context of this one thing that we're trying to accomplish. Maybe just your simple brain can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see what's happening right now. Maybe but... you just your simple brain can't handle. Oh, okay. <laughs> contact is like one piece of cinema. You know what I mean? Like. Your brain needs you like a mini eye- Do you see my eyeballs? Take it back. Take it oh, back. Oh, yeah. You definitely have the bigger brain than the two of us. Thank you. Actually, I, I would say Go physically you don't have the bigger brain. Well, you, you just, just have, have a larger smaller brain. brain. Yeah, I have, the, I have a so larger. So mine's like more um, potent? It's tighter. Tighter. <laughs> you have a tighter <laughs> just, brain. Just tighter. <laughs> oh, my God. Today my husband said that my brain is so tight. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just I think that they are two good comparable movies, Contact and Outbreak, for like the like – 
breadth of cast, the story, the execution, the writing. Like, it's just, sure, they're sure, just sure. really good movies. I'll anyway, uh, so 1995, Outbreak came out. Uh, it obviously surged back up the charts last year in March when the pandemic hit here. We didn't watch it in March. That would have been... No, we watched it a year later in March is when we watched it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's, yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. really, to me, is... The he's, star of the movie. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's not even in a ton of the movie, but he's so good mm-hmm. in his parts in the movie. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good film. If you want a little glutton for pandemic punishment, feel free to, to watch it. Cue up Contagion as well. Just have like a full night, but you know, then you need a palate cleanser, which. Also, it's helpful that they're, you know, spoiler alert, it's a happy ending, which I right. think does kind of pa- cleanse about because right. you're like. Okay, like now what we know about creating a vaccine though, like <laughs> I don't think so. Like Moderna didn't turn out our vaccine in the same time that they you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, why didn't you guys look for the host? Also, is this a two injection thing or a one injection? Like we didn't get clarity on that. Like I just need to know is this an mRNA vaccine? Like I need to understand how the message is being delivered to my DNA. Okay. I will Is say- there any trace element of the virus in the vaccine? I have to know. I will say that I definitely missed the entire plot line of like the government conspiracy part of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't spoil it. I won't, anything. but I'm yeah. just saying there's like, a there's a government conspiracy. It's a very part. complex plot. I told yeah. I told This Jason, is why maybe it's like a bigger than like one movie, you know? Kind of like contact. <laughs> Fine. It's more similar to contact than not similar. How about that? I'll All give right. you that. All right. But they packed a lot in there. They had yeah. the the personal dynamic yeah. of the main couple. Yeah. They had the government part. Yeah. They had the virus itself. Yeah. They ha- oh, and I'll tell you the part that it was the most similar to what we're actually living through was like the panic yeah. of the town. Yeah. And like people like trying to get out and like yeah. feeling anyway. Yeah. So. But we had a palate cleanser after because we, we knew that we would. This is not a classic movie by this any stretch not, of the imagination. We just, we, we brought it up because we remember really liking this movie. Yeah. Uh, so the second movie we watched, normally we would watch like 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Amy Schumer's like big, would you call it her breakout Absolutely. movie? Like Absolutely. Like she wrote it, yeah. I think. And then Judd Apatow directed it. Because before she was it. really just doing stand-up specials. Right, 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 right. That was her kind of like yeah. big moment on the scene um just such a likable movie i'll tell you who i'll tell you what really does it for me in that movie the chemistry between her character and bill Hader. oh it's great it's fantastic yeah. lebron james lebron james is just wonderful nails as, the best it as the best friend yeah lebron james is the best friend of bill Hader's. this nerdy doctor is just fantastic yeah we yeah. love that yeah and we honestly live for the dance sequence at the very end oh my gosh yeah. which well, i won't ruin that for yeah. you so anyway it was a fun on rewatch there was some because you know we always like to kind of look at movies through a fresh lens but it was very interesting to see some of the comedy moments in that movie that don't don't really hold up now only because i think at the time it was like amy schumer trying to bring like a comedic awareness to like there were some like race i mean you could just say racist jokes but it was like her trying to point out that our society is racist but watching it through this lens now you're like no, 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 like, let's just work to defeat racism. Let's not, like, make light of it in a movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? And also, this is where, you know, I think comedians now in the 2021s versus the 2013s in this movie was probably made or even written years before that, you just have so many other jokes you can make. You know, like, in those moments, you don't have to make the racism, right. the racist like, let's, father let's, character. You yeah. don't have to do that. Let's like, think a little bit more outside the box. Yeah, like he could he could do so many other things. Like, well, obviously, we're not comedy writers, so we're going to come up with a bunch of stuff on the fly. But, <laughs> but we just, know they could. But 
you you could make it funny, yeah. you know? But yeah. it just, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think there were probably four or five moments in the movie where we were like, eh, I don't know. You know, yeah. like, you didn't, I, don't, I don't love that. I see that. what you tried to do there. And then, like, right. Amy Schumer made light of it or, like, called it out, which is, you know, what you want. But it's just, it, it just feels like. But you're like, like, does that need to be in the movie? And it doesn't. It really doesn't. However, very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Just a, a fun story. You know, give Amy Schumer a lot of credit for writing a full movie and then, yeah. uh, you know, being you know that's like our breakout movie it was a really good movie so yeah. if you guys haven't seen train wreck and you want to watch just we this is my favorite thing about our classic movie night now mm-hmm. is i guarantee you no one else in the world watches outbreak, outbreak and, and then train, train wreck, wreck. <laughs> yeah like it does not happen like apple when we buy those two movies or rent them apple is like what what the, they almost Who went and sent an email you? to be like why what happened here what, what are was you your going decision? through? What were your decisions? Yeah. Tell us what you were doing. So anyway, those were our two classic movies. Uh, we have a lot of fun watching those movies every Saturday. Uh, I'll just end this with... Oh, please We got do. an email from someone saying that, like, you know, they were really feeling, like, the lockdowns and the pandemic and, like, you know, there's a future insight where we're not all still trying to be safe and not going anywhere and doing things. And they're just, like, running out of ideas of, like, having fun and just trying to not get overwhelmed with you know, just this like Being looming thing yeah, that's yeah. still around us. And and I think that's like one of the things for us that has really kind of like gotten us through this past year is just trying to come up with these little things. Yeah, you know, these, these little rituals. Things, yeah. These fun things, these silly things, these like do we need to spend five hours every Saturday watching two older movies? No, but it's the thing we look forward to we the look, most we, every we week. We totally look forward to it and we make it Super fun. We have a snack, a popcorn snack, yeah, or some yeah. movie snacks. Sometimes some tater tots. We mix, Sometimes mix it up. Sometimes we do tater I think it's tots. Gonna be a tater tot weekend this this weekend. I feel that. Yeah. And yeah, it's enjoyable, and it has, and it's also a way for us to, you know, people ask us all the time about like in the comments. A lot, people, of, people a lot of people in the comments yeah. have been asking, but people do ask us quite a bit about like working together and being a couple and all this stuff. And I think for us, it's so much more than movie night. It's like this sacred quality time that we spend together where we're not on our phones. We are engaged in an activity together that we both enjoy. I literally remember our first date. We talked about how much we both love movies. Were we at Prince of Persia when we were having this discussion? No, <laughs> no, but we, we that was at, our first we movie together Persia's was Prince Grill of Persia, and, and we we rewatched it recently. And that's definitely problematic, making Jake Hill <laughs> and all Prince of Persia, but that's okay. We're, yeah, yeah. Know, we're 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 evolving as a society, yeah. and we're going to continue to evolve. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it for this episode. We came in well under an hour. Look at us. Fantastic. Yeah. We did such a great job. Not okay. that there's an arbitrary time. Hey, what's hey, up? Uh, Thanks for coming out. We just shook really each other's hands. Secret go. handshake. Well, snap. All right. Don't okay. tell them what we did at the end there with the wiggle. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it for this episode. We appreciate you folks as always. One thing we don't ask for very often on this show is to leave a rating and review on the old well, Apple podcast. There's so many episodes telling them how they shouldn't do that. I know. But now I feel like. We should. Now we're into it. If you're enjoying it. Oh, okay. Leave one. Yeah, leave a review. Like, you just finished listening to this episode. You're just about to, like... Now, if you want to include a little gem, like a I don't dodge in my ramum, yeah, or... That could just be your review. Like, <laughs> I listen to this review. podcast because I don't dodge them. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, leave a review. We would love to read those. Uh, maybe start reading some of those toward the end of episodes. It'd also, be fun. I got some great... We got some great feedback on the Front is Up, Back is Down song. Song. Oh, yeah. Front is Re- up and back is down. The Front, front is up and the Back is down. down. If you need to know how to put your curtains up and down, now you know yeah 